0: Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living, right here on WAVA, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.
1: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
0: You might say, what is resilience? And I've used the basketball to try to help us to, in an object lesson, understand what resilience is all about. Resilience is about the ability to bounce back, to rebound from things that are hard and difficult in life in such a way that those things, those hard things don't deform you or damage you in such a way. You can bounce this ball on a hard surface all day long and it's not going to damage the ball. It's not going to deform the ball. I'll tell you why. Because this ball is resilient. It's resilient. It has the ability to rebound or bounce back because of its shape. It's shaped the right way. And it has the right amount of the right stuff on the inside. If you drain out a certain amount of air from this basketball, it's going to fall flat. If this ball was a different shape, if it had bumps on it, if it was shaped in the shape of a football, footballs don't bounce very well, but basketballs and soccer balls, they bounce well. Why? Because of the shape and because they have the right amount of the right stuff on the inside. If you want to be successful in life in everything that God has called you to be, you've got to be resilient. You've got to be shaped the right way. You have to have the right amount of the right stuff on the inside. And if you want your kids to do so, they also need to be shaped well, and they need to have the right amount of the right stuff inside of them, because resilience starts on the inside of us. It's a, in, an inside job, as I talked about a couple of weekends ago. Now, when it comes to resiliency, there are a number of things that go into the process of making a person resilient. We talked about the importance of building gratitude into your life, that internally you become a grateful person because grateful people, people who know how to give thanks and live a life of gratitude, become resilient in the way that they live. That is, their life goes a lot better. They bounce back better from difficulties. The same is true for your children. Because you cannot prepare the pathway for your child. Your child, just like you, will face all kind of difficulties and challenges in life. And so while you can't prepare the road for your child, you can prepare your child for the road. And one of those qualities that will prepare them for whatever comes their way is the attitude of gratitude. And then last weekend, I started talking about another very important aspect of resiliency. And I'll write the word on the board. We looked at the word last week. We'll continue looking at that word today. And here's the word. It is the word discipline. Say it with me. You will never become a resilient person. Nor will your, your child become resilient without being introduced to and having the experience of proper discipline in one's life. So today I'm going to talk about two basic things relative to this idea of discipline, its connection with resiliency. And let's learn some things about it that will help us as parents and help us as individuals. Here's the first principle for this weekend. Discipline brings rewards. The lack of it creates regrets resilient discipline in your life that is building into your life the right kind of discipline is extremely important because it brings the rewards of life to you and the lack of discipline always will create regrets for your life. Which is better, a reward or a regret? There's no question about it. I think all of us would agree that rewards are far better than regrets And there is a certain pathway to rewards that we must learn about. You must learn it. Your children must learn it as well. And that pathway to being rewarded comes through the experience called discipline. Now, there's an opposite thing going on in our culture today. In our culture today, there's kind of this mindset that I'm owed something. I don't need to work for it. Just, just, just because I'm being and because I'm living, I'm, I'm owed a certain amount of things. And, and sometimes this word gets used in a political frame. I'm not using it in a political frame. I'm using it today just to help us to understand what this is called. It's called an entitlement mentality, that I'm just owed something without any effort given on my part. That's the idea. I don't have to do anything, but you owe me everything. That's kind of the culture that we live in today. I deserve it. And it's an unhealthy and it's, un, it's an unbiblical view of life. Again, I'm a Bible teacher. I'm not anything other than that. And so I want to try to lay out for you the biblical understanding of the importance of discipline in your life. The Bible teaches us that the power of resilient discipline in your life is the very thing that creates the rewards that will come to your life. Because every reward that comes to your life is a combination, according to Scripture, of two things working together. First of all, it starts with God's grace. You're rewarded on the basis of grace. And it involves also, at another level, our efforts, as well as God's work and efforts. So any reward you will ever experience in life is found in the combination, the working together of these two things, the grace of God and effort, the work of God or our work. So work is involved. These two words are often viewed as being contradictory theologically, but they're not. They're they're not mutually exclusive. Actually, they go together. Let's talk about salvation for a moment. When you receive salvation, that is, your name is written in the book of life so that you can go to heaven, how do you and I experience salvation? We experience salvation as a free gift. We don't earn it. We could never earn it. We could never work hard enough or be good enough for God to save us impossible to do so because to try to earn salvation would mean that you would have to be perfect or be just like God. And there's no way that we can do that. And so in our own selves, we are lost and doomed to separation from God for eternity, except for the fact that Jesus came and went to the cross and did the work of salvation to offer us the free gift of grace so that we could be forgiven and brought into eternal life. Anyone thankful for the grace of God? Amazing. grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Grace is free to us, but it was not free to Jesus. It was a work that Jesus did that produced the reward of grace that we experience in our lives. We don't do the work, but he did the work. And so while salvation is free to us, it cost him everything. He had to lay down his life for our sins. So you see this intersection of grace and work together not in this case our work but in the case of Jesus his work so that we could experience salvation and he now offers us the free gift having received the gift of grace freely from Jesus he then expects us to do something with the grace that we've experienced he expects us to take that grace and get to work using it in our lives so he didn't save you just to sit he saved you So that you would serve him with a purpose that you would get to work doing good things with your life. He empowers you by his grace, but there's also involved in our lives the commitment to be engaged in work. Let's take a look at a few verses of scripture that help us to understand this. Proverbs 13 verse 4. Lazy people want much, but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Where does this idea of working hard come from? The importance of reward coming to those who work hard. It comes from the Bible. God is all about work ethic. From the very beginning of time when he created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden before the curse of mankind ever happened because of sin, the first thing that he does is he creates Adam and Eve, places them in the garden and says, here's your job. I want you to work this garden. Work is important to God. Actually, when you study the Hebrew language, you'll find out that the word for work and the word for worship are the very same word. So when we work for God, we are worshiping God. We don't work to earn our salvation, but as a result of receiving salvation, we get to work and we need to work with diligence. That is a resilient discipline of work in our lives. Our children need to learn this as well. Proverbs 28, 19, he who cultivates or works works. His land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless people and frivolous pursuits will have plenty of poverty. So you either have plenty of bread or plenty of poverty, and it's all related to whether you work or cultivate your land. Are you engaged in doing things that are productive in your life? Ephesians chapter 2, going back to the concept of salvation, the experience of salvation. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from your It is the gift of God, not by works, not by your works or my works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hebrews Chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently, earnestly seek him, engage in an activity that involves effort of seeking him. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. is good. And so God says to us, he reminds us over and over again that if we're going to experience a rewarding life, we have to engage in this thing called work, this thing called effort. We have to discipline ourselves in a certain way that results in the rewarding process being engaged in life. There is no no lasting reward in life without discipline, without effort. Let me say that again. There is no reward that will come to life, your life or your children's life, without them experiencing discipline. Discipline is vital to success. It is vital to any dimension of, your, of success. Discipline brings rewards. The lack of discipline always brings regrets. Here's the second principle for us today. Discipline works from the outside in. This is a key Principle to grasp as well. It's important to understand how discipline works. If discipline leads to rewards, I need to know how it works, correct? Okay. So, how does it work? Discipline doesn't work from the inside out, it works from the outside in. Generally speaking, discipline has to be enforced externally before it is internalized. If you, for example, want to begin to be healthier, your goal is to be a healthier person probably part of that process is going to involve you changing some aspect of your diet, right? Okay. And so to change your diet, that's an external thing that you do. You need to eat in a more healthy manner. So to eat in a more healthy manner, you change something external. You change what you're eating, and you keep changing it by discipline. You really don't want, as we mentioned last weekend, you really don't want to eat the salad. You want to eat the triple cheeseburger, but you make the choice to eat the salad instead of the triple cheeseburger because you're engaging in discipline. You're saying no to something you need to say no to, and yes to something you need to say yes to. It's not easy. It's not what you feel like doing, but it's something you enforce on yourself as As a rule, and then over a period of time, that rule or that discipline turns into a habit. That's how you form habits in your life. Disciplines create habits in your life. Habits are internalized disciplines. That's all they are so any realm of life where you want to form a habit requires an external dimension of discipline that eventually results in an internal habit in your life, of, in this case, eating better, a better diet. It works for any realm of life. The same is true for your children. For your children, if they do not have discipline in their life, then they're never going to form the habits that are necessary for them to have a successful life. A key part of being a parent involves creating an an environment of imposed parental discipline with the goal of your child developing internal discipline or self-control. Let me ask you this question. Do you want to make sure your child grows up and knows how to control themselves? make good choices. Do you want that, right? Parents, you guys awake this morning? Okay, just want to make sure. Okay. I know it's a little rainy out there. Just want to check it Check it out. A key to your child being successful is eventually they're, they're able to regulate themselves. They make good choices themselves because they know how to control their impulses and defer their gratification and all these kind of things are extremely important to being successful. If you don't discipline your children, they're never going to develop external discipline of your children. They're never going to learn the internal self-control that is necessary in their life. That's why it is so important to remember that when you became a parent, you were given a very big job. You were given a God, a God assignment in your life. See, having kids is not just for fun and enjoyment. You probably learned that about two hours after you brought the baby home, right? Okay. And they're waking you up in the middle of the night. You're thinking, I thought this was all going to be fun. I thought it was just going to be about decorating a nursery. And it's going to be so fun. And then you realize, my goodness, this baby cries every, every, every 15 minutes. And I've got to feed them and take care of them. And you begin to realize there's a responsibility that goes along with this thing. So while your, your kids are going to bring you tremendous joy, and they should bring you tremendous joy, what you and I need to understand is that that's not the primary purpose of having a child. The primary purpose of having a child is not that they would bring you joy. The primary purpose of having a child is that you would raise them in a way that will be honorable to God and they will have a successful life themselves. Kids are given to parents to train. And that means you need to value their respect. You need to value not only just their, their sense of friendship. As I've told you before, your, your primary goal is not to be your child's friend. Your primary goal is to be your child's parent, to be their teacher, to be their guide, to be their God-given authority. And sadly, what's happened in our culture is a lot of parents don't understand that they have this responsibility. You are, if you're a parent here today, you are the primary, you're the person that is primarily responsible for your kids. The school is not primarily, primarily responsible for your kids, okay? I'll say that again. The primary responsibility for raising your, your kids is not the school's responsibility. That's why you need to know what's going on in whatever school your, your child is in. That's why we have the opportunity in our country to make our voice known as parents related to what we want our children to learn or not learn. And we, we have a voice in that. It's called school boards. And so you have the opportunity of speaking into that as a parent. Why? Because you care about what your kids are receiving when they're away from home, when somebody else is talking to them. Why? Because you, you're the parent. Okay? You have primary responsibility. The church doesn't have primary responsibility for raising your kids. We're here to support you, to do everything that we can. We do our best to have a, an excellent children's ministry, a youth ministry. We're always trying to improve that. But at the end of the day, we only will have your child for a couple of hours at the most every week. It's your job to raise your kids. The government is not responsible. The school's not responsible. The church isn't responsible. You're responsible for what happens with your children. Okay? And one day, you're going to give an account to God... For what you did as a parent. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't want you to be surprised one day when you're standing before God and God says, hey, you're a parent, right? Yeah. How did you handle your kids? Well, I didn't know I was responsible. Okay. I thought those other people were were responsible. I thought the school did it. The church did it, all this. No, God says I, I gave the child to you, and I gave the child to you because I was entrusting to you, I was stewarding to you a responsibility. Now you will never be a perfect parent. It's impossible to be a perfect parent. My wife and I have two daughters that we raised. We were not perfect parents, close to it, but not quite. Okay. <laughs> You could ask either of our daughters. They will tell you some of the mistakes that we made raising them. I've talked to them at times about some of the mistakes we made. But you're never going to be a perfect parent, but you can be a growing parent, okay? That day by day and experience by experience, you're learning new things, but you're taking this responsibility seriously in your life. You cannot even control the person that your child will become. You can't control that. All you can do is do your best, assuming the responsibility God has given to you to train them in the way that you're called to train them and giving them everything they need in their life and a big part of what your child needs is, what is it? That's a huge part of what your child needs because it's going to form something on the inside of them. Now, let's talk about discipline for a moment. If you study, first of all, the Bible, okay? And then you study uh, psychology and sociological studies related to family, uh, healthy families, family dynamics, and things of that nature. You'll discover, and I'm going to simplify this because there are many nuances that we could talk about here. I don't have time today to go into all the different nuances of these things I'm going to share with you, but there are three basic types of parents, okay? And you're going to have to determine today which of these three you are, okay? And be honest with yourself because there's probably some adjustment that all of us as parents are going to need to make today. The first type of a parent is what we would call a permissive parent when it comes to discipline. By and large, the only word they know with their kids are, is the word yes. Okay, They have very little control over what the child does. You know these parents because you see them at Safeway. Okay. <laughs> The kids are running everywhere, and there's no control, and you're wondering, will somebody get a handle on that child? Okay. Well, probably what's going on is that parent either hasn't accepted that responsibility, or they don't know how to handle that, and they haven't learned from, especially in early age, how to establish some things we're going to talk about today. But this yes, and we live in a culture today that, again, has a lot more permissive parents than we've ever had before. Just letting kids do whatever they want to because they put up a fight with you. And so I don't want to fight with them. I'll just let them do what they want to do. That's called being permissive. Okay. Right. Everybody got that? That's number one. Here's the second category of parents. So they're going to be different names. If you study this, these are my terms. Okay. The second one is a rigid parent. The rigid parent is the parent that is over dominating, over controlling, very restrictive. The only word they know is the word no. Okay. Everything's no. You can't do anything. There's no freedom given to a child at all. And so you have on one end of of the continuum the permissive, yes, 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 just get out of my hair, do whatever you want to do. Yes, 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 just get away from me, okay? No, 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 can't do anything, okay? That's the end of the continuum. The third category is what I would call a reasonable parent. A reasonable parent is someone that is firm but flexible. They're not dominated by emotions in their interactions with their children. They're dominated by wisdom and by reason. They're not reacting emotionally in a moment to a situation with their child. But they're, they've learned to set proper boundaries, to enforce those boundaries reasonably. Now think with me for a moment. Permissive, rigid, reasonable. Which of those three would you think would, would result in the healthiest child? You guys are brilliant. Okay, A plus, okay. It's like you step back from it and think about it, and it makes sense, right? This is exactly what the Bible teaches us that what you want to be with your child is you want to be a reasonable disciplinarian, okay? Both of those words are important a reasonable disciplinarian. Your child needs discipline external discipline in their life if they're ever going to learn internal discipline because discipline starts on the outside and works its way inside. Let me stop. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. Very, very important. I'm teaching you a parenting seminar here. Okay. It's not about a sermon today. I'm trying to help you as a parent and help you as a pastor learn these biblical principles for your life. So how do we become reasonable parents? Because this is what will make your child successful, a reasonable disciplinarian.
1: You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shields, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.
0: Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shields of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.